and peace be with you. I'm glad to have you here. The few that we have in our, our sanctuary this morning that are responsibly socially distancing with masks and clean hands and temperatures taken and names logged and all of you that are visiting us via the web uh, for our live stream, I trust uh, that you can hear okay on that. Um, we thought maybe we could mute it or something, and apparently my son says it wasn't muted, and I'm grateful I watched my language, and because, uh, oh yeah, huh? and uh, all of the, that uh, microphone picks up everything. So um, go ahead and sing, and go ahead and, and respond, it's okay, um, but just so that you know uh, out there. And David is on the keyboard as well, so... David said, good morning to everybody. If you're here watching by the stream, won't you say hello? And, and we will get started. Uh, before that, though, I just, again, to reiterate what's going on, um, I hope that you are doing well, especially those at home that uh, have uh, kept themselves isolated. And, and, and I think that's a, a right choice for you. Um, and, I, and I pray that in your isolation that you are reaching out to others and that others are also reaching out to you to check in on you. I know we have our phone trees um, that we have been working and notes and letters and so forth. And if you'd like to be added to the phone tree, if you're not getting phone calls but would like to, I pray that you would please uh, let Ashley know in our office and we'll um, add you onto that list. Um, I also would admonish you, and, and I need to take this advice myself more often, but um, as a parent, um, I think that sometimes do as I say, not as I do, or because I said so is a perfectly valid statement to make. Amen? <laughs> oh boy, you guys, you're too nice to me. No, it really isn't, but it, at my best, I wouldn't watch news. At my best, I wouldn't be poring over what's going on with this disease and the number of tests and the number of all these things because it just uh, brings me down. And I think maybe it does you too. And I'm worried about uh, not only my own well-being in this time, but also yours. And I would like to also say that if you are feeling alone, if you are feeling uh, like... Um, Maybe you want to hurt yourself, or maybe you want to hurt somebody else. I pray that you would take the time and have the strength to call out, because we are seeing a lot of people um, hurting themselves and hurting others during this time, and it ought not be, especially for the church family, because you have family that knows you, loves you, understands you, and is there for you. So please reach out. Now, this morning, we um, have some very near and dear scripture uh, to myself and the men of uh, our men's group that meets every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, and it is the Psalm 136, and we um, have called it uh, the Psalm of DeForest, and I'll get into that a little bit. DeForest is not with us here in chapel today. Um, but uh, all of the guys, we always giggle a little bit because of the way that the retired former Marine 
drill sergeant said, his love endures forever. And, and he means it, and it's true. And so part of today is, uh, is a tribute to uh, our buddy DeForest. Let us stand. Actually, let us listen to our opening hymn, which is Forever, and we'll have Tim cue that up. God bless you.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins as your called and ordained servant of Christ. And by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, 
whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your gifts, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 5, and this can be found on page 1148 in your pew Bible. As you know, Isaiah was a, prophet, was a prophet who prophesied about 700 years before the birth of Christ. He prophesied for a little over 20 years. He warned against sin and idolatry and the coming then of the Messiah, which is part of what we read today. Isaiah 55, beginning with the first verse. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. 
Our second reading is Psalm 136, verses 1 through 9, and then 23 through 26, and we'll read that responsibly, and this is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 136, beginning with the first verse. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our lowest state, his love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies, his love endures forever. He gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1758. In Paul's letter to the Romans, the audience is both Jew and Gentile. And he is prophesying, or sending his letter, I should say, about 20 years after the crucifixion and resurrection. Not long. I retired from the military 20 years ago, and I remember it like yesterday. So Paul is writing only 20 years after the, after the resurrection. Paul teaches the gospel, and he explains the family of God, whether Gentile, Christian, or converted Jew. Both are a new family, and saved by Christ. Paul says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption of sonship. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. It is not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time I will return, and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. 
Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, from the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21, and can be found on page 1520 in the Pew Bible. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You, you give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. And taking five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. His steadfast love endures forever. However, even when we hear that, have you ever been in a season whereupon your whole experience is screaming at you? 
Maybe it's screaming things like, God is not love, or God is not merciful. God is not in control. God is not going to let your enemies. Well, guess what? God is going to let your enemies triumph over you. Your flesh screams. The world screams. You hear the good die young. You hear those who plot and scheme evil are going to get away with it. You hear your marriage might not get any better. You might hear your health is not going to return to you, at least not on this side of heaven. No one is going to just hand you a better job. Some of the things which you always wanted to do are just not going to happen. What should you do? What should you do when you hear those voices? Well, I'll answer that in a moment. There is a Latin term for that feeling when we are hearing our flesh scream and we're thinking in our season of, of uh, trial, of pain, of hurt, of anguish, when we're thinking about ourselves, thinking about ourselves, it's called incurvata si, which is turned into self. Think of the word navel-gazing. Or as we say at our house, omphaloskepsis, which is navel-gazing. It really is a word. Omphaloskepsis, and no, we don't say that at our house. I'm teasing you. But I do turn inward often. And I think maybe you do too. This is an effect that when we think, we think selfishly about our circumstances and our troubles and our expectations, etc., this is a state that we can fall into. And there is a different way of living for the Christian. However, many Christians don't get it. We should set our minds on things above rather than on the here and the now. We read from Paul writing to the Colossians. In Colossians 1, verses 1 through 3, he encourages us, almost he demands that if then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, where he is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. A reference to your baptism. Yet too often we neglect to do just that, even though the Bible is full of all sorts of stories and examples of people thinking of the things on high. <laughs> Actually, the Bible is full of examples 
of people doing exactly the wrong thing. The Bible doesn't pull any punches. The Bible does show all of those that followed Jesus, some that did the right thing and did it the right way, but many more that fall into the season, that fall into navel-gazing. For example, the disciples saw that Jesus Christ had, they saw what he had done at the feeding of the multitude. And, and they saw their own inadequacies to provide for the folks. They couldn't provide for their needs, could they? In fact, they gave up. They said, all we have is two fish and five loaves. Were we there, I wonder if they're like, yeah, right. Me feed them? Just get rid of them. They saw after that what Jesus Christ could and did do. He did take five loaves and two fish, and he multiplied it to feed men. 5,000 plus women and children. And he had more food left over. More food left over than what they had started with. Jesus can, even when we are caught up in what we can't do. So what had the disciples learned? Did they learn the power and the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God? That Jesus Christ was the long-awaited Messiah? Apparently, none of that, even though it was right there for them to see, as we hear further in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. And it was the cause for him saying, well, I just, I'm taking out a concept, but I, if you're just like, come on, guys, you saw. They and us forget the many truths about our Lord. And why don't we remember? It's because we are into ourselves. We are in a state of incurvatusy, navel-gazing. It's kind of a default for many of us to wonder, what do me, myself, and I think about this? What fills your thoughts during the week? Minimally, we are going to be thinking about work or habits or plans or longings or discontent or life's incongruities and cruelties at least, well, if we're being honest, six days a week, except for Sunday. But unfortunately, even on Sunday, many, many folks are thinking the same thing, and the, the devil and the world and flesh, our sinful flesh, my flesh, your flesh, is screaming at you. It's screaming into your ear, and it's saying, God is not able. In your pain, in your anguish, your flesh, the world, 
the devil is screaming. God does not care. He's saying your sins are too great or others' sins are too great. He piles it on saying nothing makes any difference, so why try to do the right things? The accuser, the liar, says just bow down to the political correctness of the day. Why not? Give in to the trends in religion, morality, etc., of the day. There really isn't any need, Satan says, to try to do the right thing. At his worst, he says, just follow along, even if it leads you straight to hell, because there probably isn't hell anyhow. That's what the devil, that's what the world, that's what our flesh may say. Here's some truth. You need, I need Sunday. We need it every Sunday. We need Holy Scripture. We need the Old Testament, the New Testament. We need what God says. We need what God gives. We need what God has and gives. It's what saves you and me from the world's ways. God in Christ saves you from despair. God in Christ saves you from mere compromise. You and I, we need today's readings and we need more. Now the world, the world has mercy. But the world's mercy and the love of this world is always transits. It's on again, off again. Like the fair weather friend, the what have you done for me lately. The world's mercy is fleeting, it's narrow. It always asks for proof. And sometimes it has mercy towards you and other times mercy towards others without any kind of rhyme or reason. Fickle. The world's mercy often depends upon who is in the world's favor. But remember what Jesus Christ said in his parable about the sower of seeds. We know about the seeds that some were on the path and some were on the rocks, etc. That's Matthew 13, 22. But the part that applies to us right now is this. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world... And the deceitfulness of riches, they choke out the word. And it proves un unfruitful. Further in Matthew, he writes in 16.26, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world or forfeits, excuse me, and forfeits his soul? James gives us a warning. He says, you adulterous people. 
Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You need what God has and what God gives because the world knows nothing of mercy. And what it does offer as mercy is fleeting at best. But notice that the psalmist says, God's mercy endures forever. Because the psalmist is in proper unity. He is one with God and one with the Lord. God is not the made-up ideas which this world advances. If you ask people out on the street, they'll tend to tell you, yes, I believe in God. But if you ask them who is God, you'll get an array of answers. They'll say God is a concept. They'll say God is, he's good. They'll say God never condemns. He, he doesn't judge me and nor should you. Might say God is a woman. You ask long enough, you're going to hear lots of answers of God is. You're going to hear all manner of foolish, man-made ideas. However, Moses brings us back to our senses. In Deuteronomy 6.4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. In Revelation, Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In the Revelation, Jesus is King of kings, Lord of lords. And God has taught us that he is the blessed and holy trinity. Three persons. One God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God's mercy endures forever. But not because of ideas which we put forth. God's mercy endures forever because he is the only holy, true and living God who has revealed himself to us. He is not a God of our own making. Now there will be times when you and I get stuck. We'll be so overwhelmed by our troubles, our fears and needs that we can't quite remember God's mercy which endures forever. And at those times, we do well to remember God's attributes. I'm going to point out three of them because that's what the psalm of DeForest points out to us today, the three attributes. This psalm starts, verses 1 through 3, as sort of an introduction, like the psalmist is saying, Hi, I'd like to introduce you to God. You can call him Dad. God is 
in verse 1, good. God is, in verse 2, God of gods. God is Lord of lords, verse 3. Further, God is creator. As we see in verses 4 through 9, he made the heavens, he spread out the earth, he made the great lights. So what? (laughs) So this. If the world, if this country, if this state, if you, If I, in a storm that we are in, would remember this, who he is, good God and Lord, perhaps we wouldn't have to be so fearful. If the children of God remembered their creator, perhaps they would realize that God could and will rescue them. Perhaps we should realize that he who created the heavens and the earth, the seas, and all else has control not only of them, but also of us. God is redeeming love. In verses 10 through 22, that we are confident even though that we have rebelled against him, that the Lord continues to provide. What does he provide? Well, he provides the sun, and he provides the rain and food and life for both the evil and the good. Yes, (laughs) he provides daily bread even for the ungrateful. But his people gladly acknowledge that the preservation of the earth and its blessings is continued. It's a continued display of God's love, of God's mercy. And so you and I are confident that if the Lord watches over the sparrow, surely he watches over me. And the implications of this are are truly wonderful. Whatever is going on at any time in your life, you know that God has it covered. Even if there is some new experience for you of which you are fearful, the eternity of God means that he has already been there. God never sits on his throne and says, gee, I didn't see that coming. He doesn't. He has been in your past. Did you know that? He has been in your past where he was there with his steadfast love. He has been to your future. Did you know that? The fact is, He is there already with his steadfast love in your future for you. He's got it covered. And because he is eternal, what he is preparing 
you for right this moment, right in the midst of all of this garbage that we are in, right at this moment, he is preparing you for his glory. Remember that St. Paul, he wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, he said, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is renewed by day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And finally, the third attribute is God is continuing love. Psalm 136, 23 through 26. The last three verses of the psalm restate the Lord's redeeming and creating love in general terms. He is the one who remembered us. He is the one that feeds us. He is the one that freed us. The love of the Lord, when it reached its crux, however, the high point, demonstration of God's love was when and was with Christ and Him crucified. And that is when we were redeemed, when we were rescued from our enemies. What enemies? Our enemies were, past tense, sin, death, and Satan, the ones that are causing us anxiety now. And Christ secured an eternal inheritance. Isn't that astounding? The psalm concludes with give thanks to God of heaven. His love endures forever. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses from the writers like James and the author of Hebrews, where they say, James says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The author of Hebrews says, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. He made a promise. It's done. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So you see, God is not like the people who you have to wonder about if, if they are going to change from moment or to moment or day to day. God is perfectly consistent. He remains and on Him on him, you and I can always depend. Whenever you pause in your life to contemplate that his mercy endureth forever, 
please be sure to remember that his mercy is always about Christ and him crucified. It's not dependent on you and your life and your shortcomings or your good things you've done. It's dependent on Christ and him crucified. And it's dependent on you being in Christ, clothed in Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit, marked by the cross in your holy baptism. This is at the end of the sermon, just about, but not because it's the last thing. It is at the end of the service, but keep in mind our Savior crucified for our sins and risen again is the beginning, the middle, and the end of our Christian faith. And the wonderful truth that God's mercy has shown itself in his plan, begun even before the foundation of the world, is marvelous to sinners indeed. And that God has become a man and kept God's law perfectly in our place is mercy, ultimate mercy. And that God gives to us his son's body, his son's blood for the forgiveness of sins and for salvation. That is ultimate grace. Please remember this. In all times, and in all seasons of our lives, even the icky seasons, let us give thanks unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.'" Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove. Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that He 
is with me will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved You more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him Please stand if you're able. Let's now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, you have bidden us to come without money to receive grace beyond price. Hear us as we heed your call and turn to you in prayer, confident of your promise to hear us and to answer us. Let us pray. Father, we have sought meaning, comfort, and sustenance from all the wrong places. Grant us your Holy Spirit that our hearts may be turned to your word, that we may hunger for your son's body and blood, and that we may discern truth from error. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Father, we give you thanks that you have blessed us beyond what we deserve and given to us your church. Guard her life by your spirit and strengthen her witness before the nations. Bless all pastors and church workers in their service to us in your name. And bless those now considering and preparing for church work vocations. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we too quickly focus on what we lack and not upon your unlimited grace. Bless all relief agencies and services of your church on behalf of the hungry, the homeless, the hurting, and those who have lost hope. Bless those visited by disaster and tragedy and open our hearts to help them recover from their loss. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we are daily blessed to know abundance and freedom. Bless those who defend us from our enemies, who serve us in government, and who protect us in our communities. Be with our president, the Congress, our governor, our judges and magistrates, that they may discern the right path and lead us with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we suffer with all manner of ills and afflictions. Hear us and grant to us healing according to your will, strength in time of trial, and peace at the last. We pray for all who are in need, especially those that are on our hearts or named right now. Good Lord, deliver us and teach us to depend upon your grace in all things. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we know that your steadfast, your steadfast love and mercy are forever, but our faith is daily tested and tempted. Give us strength and endurance that we may not despair but have confidence in your sufficient grace. Guide us to seek our consolation in your word and sacraments and prepare us to receive the Lord's body and blood in this holy communion. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we are daily and richly surrounded with your love and care. Grant us eyes to see your mercies new every morning and grateful hearts that what we have received we may share with those in need and generously support the work of your church. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we remember the saints who lived by your mercy and died in Christ. We long for the day when all divisions will end and the church in heaven and earth shall be one in your presence, singing your praise in your kingdom without end. Lord, in your mercy. And Father, we ask 
you to grant us all things needful and to keep from us all things harmful to us and to our salvation. For we trust your wisdom and your love. Teach us to pray without fear. Your will be done. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And let us share the peace responsibly at a distance. Share the peace at home. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord, Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art Lord in heaven, in heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We long for the day when we can come back all together in the church and partake together at the altar of this holy sacrament. But until then, know that God's mercy still remains upon you. And until then, know that His grace has been poured out upon you. And until then, know that his love endures forever. You may be seated. I'm not going to do my mask uh, for you and me. Is that okay? Take and eat, Ken. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is Thank you for worshiping with us today. Thank you for your prayers to the Lord and on behalf of all who are whom you pray. And thank you for your patience during this time of trial. This will pass. This too shall pass. We just don't know when, but we know who will cause it. So now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn will be Listen to Our Hearts. And after our uh, final song, we'll have communion for those that are here after the service. Love that goes from east to west 
and runs as deep as it is wide. You know all our hopes, Lord. You know all our fears. Words could not express the love we feel, but we long for you to hear. So listen to our hearts, hear our spirits sing, a song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed, and we will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God. Listen to our hearts If words could fall like rain From these lips of mine If I had a thousand years I would still run out of time So if you listen to my heart Every beat will say Thank you for the life Thank you for the truth Thank you for the way And listen to our hearts Hear our spirit sing And hear us sing A song of praise that flows are not enough tell you of our love just listen to our hearts Listen to my heart Every beat will say Thank you for the light Thank you for the truth Thank you for the way And listen to our heart Please listen Hear our spirit sing are not enough 
tell you of our love Just listen to our serve the Lord. Amen.